Now, I've been known to be long-winded a time or two. But it's usually when folks ain't amening me. And I tend to just repeat myself over and over. You you don't want that to happen. Tony, you don't want that to happen, do you? No. <laughs> Amen. Just a little bit of levity there. I failed to mention my mother slipped in the shower this morning. They're preaching in southern Mississippi today. She couldn't go to church because she said, I did something strange to my back, so I don't know what's happened. I don't know if she's cracked a hip or just what's happened. But she slipped in the shower, so pray for my mother when you pray. First Corinthians chapter 7, excuse me, 2 Corinthians, my mistake, please forgive me. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. What Paul was saying here was holiness is more than just uh, taking care of the outside, but the spirit's also got to be holy. Amen. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said, therefore, ye are in our hearts to die and live with you. Great is my boldness of speech towards you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. Within were fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down. I think I'll say that again. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down. Comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you. When he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. Holding that scripture, go with us also to the third epistle of John. That's the next to the last, or the third to the last book of the Bible. Third epistle of John, only one chapter. Verse 1 says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, 
thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellowshippers to the truth. Turning your attention back to 2 Corinthians where I'll be speaking this morning. Chapter 7. And I want to bring your attention to verse 6. Paul writing, he says, Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down comforted us by the coming of Titus. And this morning I want to speak on this subject that the Lord has given me. And last Sunday I was really wanting to preach this message. But the Lord just wouldn't let it happen. But I believe that everything is for a purpose. And I want to title this message today, I Need Titus. I Need Titus. Shall we pray, Lord? Thank you, God, for your word that is forever settled in heaven. We ask, O oh Lord God that you would move in the remainder of this service. My God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we ask, O oh Lord God, that you would do the work that we cannot do. Your word is not bound, Lord. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would put the words in our mouth that you would have for us to say today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and mercy endures forever. We ask, O oh Lord God, that this word would go forth, let it find its perfect lodging place. Do the work, Lord, that you designed for this service today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Titus is not a name that you hear often. There is a book that is titled by his name. He was uh, addressed to by uh, Paul. And Titus was a traveling companion of Paul. But he was much more than that. Titus would go with Paul to troubled churches. He would go to places that were perhaps unstable. Churches that were in trouble. And we don't really know. The Bible doesn't really give us any insight as to his personality or anything. But we do know that he had the Holy Ghost. And there was a certain degree of wisdom about this man that he could go to a troubled place and with a short period of time he could bring the peace of God to that place and it would settle down and it would prosper. We find that in this passage of Scripture that it lets us know that Paul had a great deal of confidence in Titus. Titus had been sent to the Corinthian church. Corinth was an affluent church, a very wealthy church in a very wealthy city. 
it would be much akin to uh, Corinth being in the city like perhaps New York City or San Francisco or Los Angeles, one of the large cities of our nation. Because it was a, a very powerful city and uh, it, it was uh, the crossroads of that part of the world. But yet still the church at Corinth, even though that it had a lot of things, a lot of blessings, there was seemingly it was ripe with trouble. Corinth had seemed to stay in trouble. You'll find that there's two books that are dedicated to the Corinthian church and that is with a purpose because there were issues that were going on that Paul had to constantly deal with thorny issues of the church at Corinth. But yet we find in the seventh chapter here, whereas the, Paul sent Titus down to take care of whatever issues were going on at the church at Corinth. Paul at the time was preaching according to scripture at Troas in Macedonia. But yet he writes here in this passage that we read to you that even though that God had opened a door there, that still his spirit was troubled because he had no knowledge of how things were going at Corinth. And so scripture bears out that he decided that he would go and see if he could find Titus. And he begins to search toward Macedonia and makes his way. And finally he finds Titus. And Titus brings him good news according to what we read here in 2 Corinthians. And he brings good news that God has taken care of matters and things are well. And this ministered unto Paul and was able to strengthen him and to help him. Titus was a man that was, uh, he carried many hats. He went with uh, Paul to the Galatian church. He uh, went to other churches as well. Uh, there was a church, I believe, at Crete that he also went to. And then there was a place in Dalmatia, which was a province, if you will, of the Roman Empire that was on the, uh, I believe it was on the eastern side of Macedonia. And history tells us that he also was pastor there. Uh, this man was one that was a person that cared about people. He was one that was compassionate, one that would be able to help those in their time of need. Not just anybody could go to Corinth and step into that quagmire and all the church trouble that was going on in Corinth and bring the peace of God to that church and settle it down. Whereas that the next time that he was able to report to Paul, he could bring good news that God had done the work and all was well at Corinth. The word Titus is a Greek word. We understand that Titus was not a Jew. But the word Titus is translated as pleasing or honorable. 
pleasing or honorable. Something about Titus. Titus was an encourager. A man that could bring courage and lift someone up. Someone that was discouraged. Someone that was down. Someone that was struggling. He could bring encouragement to them. Sometimes Paul's words were a little sharp. Other times they were hard to understand. Even Peter made that acknowledgement. But not Titus. Titus was a man that could reach out to the common man and could encourage. Not only that, Titus was a man that you could trust. Again, not just anybody could Paul trust to go to such an affluent church that was so important to the kingdom of God and send just anybody down to troubleshoot and to be able to encourage and strengthen that church. We find in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it says that Titus would act in the same spirit and take the same steps that Paul himself would. This was Paul's acknowledgement. He said, don't you worry. Paul, or Titus is going to come in my stead and he will step in the same steps and he will act in the same spirit to be able to minister in my stead. That took a tremendous amount of trust. And then you'll find in Titus 1.5 where he sends Titus to stabilize the church at Crete to, quote, put what remained in order. This was a man that could do encouraging things. And this is what brings me to the title of my message today. I need Titus. I need Titus. Everybody needs an encourager. Everybody needs a man or a woman that they can trust. Everybody needs someone that can step into the world and say it's going to be all right. That the Lord is with you. The Lord is walking with you. You may not can feel him right now, but he is right there with you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's right there. Everybody needs a Titus like that. I need a Titus. I need someone that can encourage and strengthen and bring stabilization unto my life. I realize that we're walking by faith. I realize that we we sometimes just have to move even though we don't know where we're moving to in the spirit. But yet still, there are times that you need a human hand. You need a human voice to come to you and say, it's gonna be all right, Brother Charles. It's gonna be all right. It's going to be all right because I 
I need Titus. Oh, my God, I feel the Lord right now. Could you just worship the Lord with me? I need Titus. There are Tituses in this building today. Encouragers. That God wants to use you. Much like he used Titus. To encourage. To bring trust and strength. To bring stabilization to someone's life. That is completely out of control. You know, we all wear our masks. When you're children, you don't wear any mask. You want some honesty? Ask a child. Without batting an eyelash, they'll tell you everything. Some things you probably would rather not hear. They'll confess all they know. But we adults, we've learned the art. Of putting on a mask. We've learned how. To fake it until we make it. We learned how to fool everybody into thinking everything's okay. I believe that when you're going through hard times that no, you shouldn't be negative. But at the same time, be for real. Just be what you were supposed to be. Don't don't put on an act for somebody. I realize that sometimes that when hard times come that you have to just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and say, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to love God. It doesn't make sense and I'm having a hard time. But yet still, if you're not careful, you can come to the point where God cannot send an encourager into your life because you will not receive it. Your mind is closed. Your spirit is shut up. And you cannot receive what God would send either through the messenger of the Lord, through the preached word, or through someone that God has moved on in prayer. And they come not to nose into your business, but rather they come to encourage you. They've come to give you strength and to lift you up. I've got news for you. There's no man that's an island to himself you've got to have the strength of the brethren you, you, that's why that it says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together even the much more as you see the day approaching we're living in perilous times and if there's ever a time that we need each other it is now and God is looking for somebody to be a Titus someone today in this building there are more than one. You're struggling. There's things in your life you don't know what to do about. But yet God, he said I'll send the Titus to you. I'll send someone to encourage you. It would have been a 
about 1993, I was attending a church, and the pastor there took a special liking to me. Poor thing. You have to understand I was raised in a preacher's home. But I was well into my 20s before I really did anything with my ministry. Oh, there were things that I did. I taught Bible studies and led services and led song service and, and that sort of a thing was assistant to the pastor. But yet still, that's that has its place, but yet still there's more than just service and conducting a service. And I was, I'll never forget, I was standing near the back row and Brother Chris Smith was the pastor at that time. Earlier he had pastored in Mont Bellevue, Texas, if you know where that is, near Baytown. And uh, he said, Brother Motes, he said, you should pastor. And I looked at him like he had come from another planet. But yet that man, he became a Titus to me that day because he gave me confidence that I had not ever had. And because he said a certain word at a certain needed time. Because he had stepped up and spoken the right words to me, he was my Titus, and it changed my life. Within six months, I was pastoring a church for the very first time. And I'll never forget Chris Smith for having the courage to tell a young preacher, you should be pastoring. I thought, no, I, I could never pastor. I, I, I couldn't do that. I, I just didn't have the courage. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have what was needed. But yet still, God sent a Titus to my world and told me, son, you need to be preaching and pastoring a church. And, and I took him at his word and, and God did the rest. And because of that man today, I stand before you as a pastor because that man gave me courage that I have not had up until that point to follow the divine will of God. There is a divine will of God that many of you have yet to accept and I tell you today that God is wanting you to know it's time to do the perfect will of God and quit lagging behind but do what God has called you to do let's love Jesus right now Oh, God. It wasn't long. It had happened a little bit before, actually, this man had told me this. That I found myself in the most trying predicament of my entire life. 
And that was, I found myself homeless. I know what it feels like to not have a home and don't have any money to get one. I was between jobs. I was staying with my in-laws. And there was an issue that arose. Sharp words were said. And we both felt like we needed to leave. There was nowhere to go. I called the pastor and said, Pastor, I've got an extenuating circumstance here. Would you mind if we stayed in the Sunday school room of the church tonight until we can just figure out what to do? That'll be fine. Well, we brought our three children. Andrew was just a baby. And we went into the the small children's classroom. Wife made the children as comfortable as possible. And we cried all night. But somewhere in the middle of all of that, I told Sister Motes, I said, I don't know how, but God's going to do something in the morning. How do you know that? I said, because I believe that the Lord has told me that. The next morning, pastor had prayer meeting in the church. And there was a man by the name of Caleb Littleton. I shall never forget Caleb. Caleb would have been in his early 70s probably by then. He's already gone. He said, Brother Motes, it's not much, but in my front yard is a travel trailer that you can stay in until you get on your feet. That was my Titus. I need Titus. You need Titus. Don't ever get to the place where you think, I don't need no help. I don't need nobody. You need somebody. You need to open your mind and your heart to friends and people that are in the church that love you very much. There are people in this building, I believe, that would give their life for you. Oh, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm trying to hurry, but the Lord just impressed some things that I want to tell this morning. Sometime later, this would have been several years later, at another low point in my life, I had pastored a church and, oh Lord, it was a nightmare of a church. They didn't even believe that you had to speak with tongues to receive the Holy Ghost. Yes, a united Pentecostal church.
When I left, I had to borrow money to leave. That church still owes me over $1,100. I'll never see it. But I had to borrow money to leave. Man stepped in and said, Brother Motes, I can hire you. I'll make you an estimator in my uh, stucco business. So that's what I did. I moved to Jackson, Mississippi. But yet still there was a discouragement from what I had gone through in that church. I'm going to tell you something. Church trouble is worse than family trouble. It involves much more than just family. And it took a long time. In fact, there was a time period where I had almost considered turning in my license and just not preach. Became that low. I was out estimating stucco jobs. I had been provided a truck. I had provided a cell phone. And I would go from job to job estimating what it would cost to put stucco on the repairs. And there was a phone call on my work cell phone. And that phone call was from none other than Brother Glenn Ray Travis, superintendent of the Mississippi District United Pentecostal Church. I was shocked to hear from Brother Travis. I, I knew him, but yet still I, I was very surprised to hear from him. And Brother Travis was not one to talk long on the phone, kind of like Brother Charles. He's not a phone man. I know that. Just, you know, he's like, Sister Moats is the same way. So, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. Some folks like it. Some folks can't stand it. But Brother Travis, he got on the phone. He said, Brother Moats? I said, yes. He said, this is Brother Travis. Uh, hello, Brother Travis. How are you? He said, the Lord impressed me to call you to. And that day for the next two or three minutes, he said, I want you to know I'm praying for you, that all will be well. Nothing earth-shattering, just letting me know he cared. That was my Titus. Years later, I was in West Texas. I took a church, I'll be honest with you, it was out of the will of God. I, I, I took it because I was tired of traveling. And the Lord let me know I, I shouldn't have, and I, I paid for it. You don't ever get out of the will of God. You think, oh, what I'm going through is painful. Get out of the will of God and see what happens. You don't know pain till you get out of the will of God. You just don't know pain. I've told this before, but I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to tell it right now. We had run out of food. I received no tithe the whole time I was there at that church. People were very, very hard, very hard. They said, there's not enough money coming in. Pay you any tithe, we'll have to pay the church bills. But the Lord provided money from an Assembly of God woman, from a Church of God woman. And when we run out of food this day, had one pot of beans left on the stove. We were talking about what we were going to do. While we're talking, I said, I smell something burning. She got up and she just panicked. She said, oh, no, it's the beans burning. And she started sobbing. <laughs> she started sobbing over the stove. I just passed by her. And something told me, go to the mailbox. I've never had it happen to me before or since. But I went to the mailbox, Sister Bev, and when I opened that mailbox, there was an envelope from a brother Hawkins from Lovington, New Mexico. And in that envelope was a check for $300. My Titus came through. A little after that, because the, the thing was so bad, the presbyter, he was a very good man. The church parsonage, they did have a parsonage, but it leaked so bad that one Sunday morning I couldn't literally not go to church because I was too busy putting out buckets to keep from flooding the house. All over the house. And so... Brother Schaefer, Brother Philip Schaefer, he's gone to his reward. He was the presbyter. He said, I'm going to get brethren in the section together, and we're going to come roof at Parsonage for you at no charge. And so the day came. He pulls up, and there must have been a dozen brethren from all over the section that came. And among them was a man by the name of Bill Sanders. Brother Bill Sanders pastored in a little town called Colorado City, Texas. And he came with two preachers from his church, and they were roofers by trade, so they knew what they were doing. And I had already made up my mind. In fact, I told Brother Schaefer when he got there, I said, Brother Schaefer, I've decided to leave the church. I just can't stay. I can't afford it. And... Uh, he said, well, I wished I'd known this before I got all this together. I said, Brother Schaefer, this building still needs roofing. The next pastor can enjoy it. You need it still. So it's not gone in vain. Well, while this is all going on, Brother Sanders comes into the house. And he says, Brother Moats, I need to see you for a minute. I said, well, okay. He said, I got something to give you. The Lord told me to give this to you, and he handed me an envelope. And after he went outside, I went into the bedroom, opened the envelope. There was a check for $1,100. I ran outside. I said, Brother, Brother Sanders, I, before I accept this check, I've got to let you know I'm not staying. I, I've already made up my mind to leave. And 
I'll be happy to give you this check back if you gave me for the purpose for me to stay. He smiled real big. He said, I knew that. That's why I gave you the check. My Titus, God had sent. We need Titus. We need Titus. God has placed men and women, godly men and women, to do great works. Maybe you're not necessarily called to preach, but you are still called to be a Titus. And you can help and you can minister to others and be that friend in need that they've got to have. I'm telling you, people can put on a front and you think everything is great, but on the inside, everything's coming apart. I remember as a child, my dad was pastoring in a little place called Bahalia, Mississippi, about 30 miles out of Memphis. And that church split twice within three years, and, and it was going crazy. Everything was going nuts. People would stand up in the middle of the church and try to shout my dad down as he's trying to conduct service. It, it, it got to a point where my stomach would go in knots, and I would get nauseated just thinking about having to go to church. And I had just been called to preach, and I was seeing all of these things, and, and uh, everything's upside down and going crazy. But yet, I never put get a preacher come up to him and said, hey, Brother Moats, how are things going? Great. Everything's going good. Say what? You just have to know dad's personality. That's him. He's not going to be negative. Bless God, it's good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the point is, we put on these these masks. Oh, I'm doing good. Don't you worry about me. Hey, we're doing fine. I don't want nobody pitying me. It's not a matter of pity. It's a matter of ministering. And if someone can minister to you, if someone can help you, and God sent them, don't you turn them away. Don't you ignore what they have to do or to what they have to say. But you let them bless you. You let them talk to you and encourage you. Because God sends Tituses. We need a Titus in our life. We need an encourager, someone that can strengthen. Two years ago, and I'm fixing to land the plane. Sister Misty, won't you come on up while I'm finishing up? But two two years ago, when I was having issues, and I. I was passing blood from a tumor I did not know I had. Went to the Woodlands Hospital. They said, you need to go and have a colonoscopy. At the time, I had no insurance at all. So I thought, I don't know how that's possible. There was a man, a Titus, that God moved on. He said, Brother Motes, 
How much is it going to cost you? I said, I don't know, eleven, fourteen hundred dollars, something like that. He said, You go. I'll take care of it. That was my Titus. You know, I thought about just ignoring it. Had I ignored it, you might have been burying me next. But there was a Titus, a man by the name of Charles Wells. Brother Charles, in a sense, you saved my life. Because if you had not been the Titus that God called you to be, where would my health be today? I might not have been able to minister today. I might have been in must-worse condition because I thought I just couldn't afford it. But God moved on Brother Charles. And he was a Titus. There have been other things. And I don't want to, didn't mean to embarrass Brother Charles, but I felt like that God is wanting to minister to my dear friend. I've not lost my daddy yet. But I want to be your Titus, Brother Charles. I want to be your daddy, be your, your Titus. I want to help any way I can. Sometimes all, all you can do is just say, I'm here for you. There's not really any words that can be said. There are hurting people in this building today. And you're putting on a nice front for me, and I know you are. But there's people here today, as tears stream down my cheeks, there's people here today. You need Titus. All across this building, I'm asking everybody to pray. And if God moves on you to go and pray with somebody in this building and be a Titus, I want you to get up out of your chair and go to them. I know we got COVID issues and all of that. Just be careful and cleanse your hands later. But if God moves on you right now, are you praying? There's people here today that need a Titus. You may not, you don't have to know the details. That's not the problem. The issue is they just need somebody to say it's going to be all right. I'm here for you. I'll stand with you. I'll be your strength. I'll be your encourager. It's going to be all right.